This is Bloomberg Business Week. I'm Carol Masser. And I'm Jason Kelly. We're here every day bringing you the latest news from the world of business and finance. Plus technology, politics, economics, all harnessing the power of Bloomberg Business Week reporters and editors. Not to mention our 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. You can download Bloomberg Business Week on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Bloomberg.com. You can also listen to our radio show weekdays at 2 p.m. Eastern, only on Bloomberg Radio. So joining us from Las Vegas, Hewlett-Packard Enterprises President and CEO Antonio Neri. One announcement at the conference this week is that it's going to make all its products available through subscriptions by 2022. Let's talk about this move. Antonio, so great to have you here with us. This is a big move for you guys. Well, we are very pleased to be back in Vegas to host uh, our premier customer event, HP Discover, where we can reimagine what is next, what is possible and to share with our customers all the innovations that will accelerate their business outcomes. And to your point, Carol, one of the biggest bold announcements I made yesterday is that uh, by 2022, everything we do inside Hewlett Packard Enterprise with our product and services will be available as a service. We believe this is a necessary step because customers want to consume technology in different ways. They want to only pay for what they consume, and, uh, and they want to focus on innovation, not to manage infrastructure, not to manage their operations. So we feel this is a big, bold move for our company and a step in the direction where we see the mark going. So, Antonio, a big, bold move. You're a year into having uh, the top job. Uh, take us inside that decision, you know, you and your team, because as you have sort of alluded to, this is really you and, and the senior team putting your mark on the future of the company. Well, I have to say I am incredibly proud of the leadership team of Hewlett Packard Enterprise. It's a team I handpicked uh, through the last 16 months. I'm super, super uh, honored to work with them every single day. This is a very passionate, creative team that thinks customer first and customer last. And so we have been working on our strategy now for a number of years through the transition of the previous CEO, Meg, which is a dear friend of mine and I, and we took that strategy to the next level. Uh, we have been executing against uh, the top three priorities I put to myself for myself as a CEO, which is to focus on our customers and partners, to focus on our innovation, and to focus on the culture of the company. And so we as a team decided this is the right time to make this pivot and to transition this company to be a consumption-driven company over the next few years. Antonio, as, as Jason mentioned, here you are about a year in, and so you talked about some of the things that you were focusing on, customers, um, innovation, and also uh, you know, some other things. I'm just curious what still challenges you as you, know, you look at this company and you look at how things are rapidly changing, rapidly, increasingly moving to the cloud. Well, uh, we live in a remarkable time where everything moves uh, lightning speed, but it's also a fun place to be today. You know, the pace of the innovation, both on the technology side and on the business side, is accelerating. Um, you know, we think of the cloud as an experience, not as a destination. And we have a clear vision and strategy for this company into the future. And is, uh, it was developed based on what customers are telling us. We believe the enterprise of the future will be edge-centric, cloud-enabled, and data-driven. And the cloud, as you know it, has to move closer and closer where the data is being generated. And that's the edge. The edge is the place where we live and work. That's where the action is. And so we have a clear strategy for that edge, which is with, to provide the right connectivity with a secure connection, 
the analytics and move that cloud computing closer and closer to that data because it's cheaper to move the cloud in the form of computing to where the data is, not the data where the cloud is. And so we have made a bold uh, statement last year here at, at HP Discovery Vegas to invest $4 billion to develop that set of roadmaps and technologies that will accelerate outcomes at the edge. And at the core business, as you refer to the cloud, customers are now moving to more what we call workload optimized and cloud-enabled solutions. We said many years ago the world will be hybrid, mm. and, and, and it is. And this is why now we have a clear strategy around a composable hybrid cloud architecture that provides automation, AI uh, operations with uh, artificial intelligence built at the core, security all the way down to the silicon level, and brokering so you can find the right mix for your enterprise, where you want your data, where you want to run your apps across the hybrid estate, and then ultimately focus on that data because the business outcomes comes from the data. And that's why I'm so excited about what we can show to our customers here on the floor. So I'm also curious how much of what you guys are doing, I mean, how much pressure, uh, Antonio, are you feeling from the likes of Amazon and Google and some others, and I know you have a partnership with Google, but some of these big companies that have really uh, you know, put their stake in the ground when it comes to the cloud space, how much pressure do you feel from them? Well, it's no doubt that uh, many of the workloads have moved to the public cloud, but the reality, when you look at uh, the enterprise level, even at the mid-market level, what well, we see that no many production workloads have moved to the public cloud. And the reason why is because at scale, with the sheer amount of data, customers realize it's cheaper for them to run it on their premises, in their data center, or in a co-location uh, at scale. And though we realize that uh, the world will be hybrid, there will be application and data sitting on premises and application and data sitting on what we call the public cloud. We believe that uh, that's going to be the world as we go along, and there is a ton of opportunity to modernize that infrastructure on-premises, to provide a full integrated experience between on-prem and off-prem in a true hybrid cloud approach, and actually to help customers decide what is the right mix, because ultimately they have to decide based on a uh, set of policies or mm -hmm. compliance of data sovereignty where they want that data to gravitate. And so for us, we are embracing the public cloud. We are not just fighting it as a competitive threat, but we are providing a true hybrid cloud experience. And this is where HP Green Lake, which is our, our flagship offering for a consumption-driven model, right. plays a huge strategic role. Right. And that's why we are so excited to make the pivot. Right, and I know that's your fastest growing unit, but you know, I just want to go back. Do you feel pressure, though, from some of the other competitors out there? Well, listen, we, we compete with everybody. You know, mm. We compete on one spectrum with the public cloud vendors, on the other spectrum with the OEM vendors. But we have a clear understanding and strategy, and uh, I believe if you look at our latest results, we are making significant progress. And so, Antonio, as you think about this, as you alluded to, a very fast-moving uh, piece of this business, is there more consolidation to come? Are you a buyer of, of smaller companies as this progresses over the next year or two? Well, Jason, I think about the innovation in three forms, organic innovation, inorganic innovation, and through partnerships. Obviously, we prefer to go to the organic path where we invest our own dollars and we have proof of that with HP Synergy, HP OneView, the memory-driven computing, the high-performance computing with Apollo, and so forth. But also, we have accelerated our inorganic innovation through the M&A by bringing the right IP and the right talent. That's an important aspect here. 
to accelerate our strategy. And uh, with the latest announcement to intend to acquire Cray Supercomputing, that will right. be my 14 right. acquisition. <laughs> and so that's how we think about it. Partnerships are important too. Well, you know, it's interesting, right? A $1.4 billion deal that you did last uh, month for Cray. And I, okay, and we're always like, okay, so now what? Because <laughs> you have done a lot of ac acquiring of companies. Is there anything else that you feel like another piece that you need to add on, or you're feeling pretty good about the composition of what you have, Antonio? Well, we always look for uh, curating what is out there, you know, not just large companies, but smaller companies, particularly in the startup uh, space. And listen, if it makes sense from the return on investor capital for our shareholders, we have a very structured, disciplined approach, and it helps us accelerate our strategy, again, through the IP and talent acquisitions, we will consider it. And obviously, more and more of this intelligence comes through the software-enabled experiences mm -hmm. right. that makes that infrastructure as a world optimized, more intelligence, more autonomous, or at the edge, right, through connectivity and security analytics, uh, so we will consider it. So we're always looking for, um, you know, as you know, valuations tend to be a little bit erratic as of late, but uh, if it makes sense, we will consider it. And I have to ask you, you know, there's a lot of money out there in the world, especially in the private equity uh, market. Anybody knocking on your door to maybe buy you at this point? No, no, not at all. And uh, in fact, we are really focused on executing our strategy. And uh, I have to say, we're having a ton of fun. Yeah. I think our customers are giving us a tremendous feedback. The, the fact that we have here almost 10,000 customers tells you that we are on the right path. And uh, we are focused on executing our strategy and make this company relevant for the future, but to become even closer to a customer in terms of a trusted advisor. Right. Antonio, I want to go back to something you said at the beginning, and you talked about when you took over, you know, a bunch of priorities for you, and that included the company culture. How would you describe the culture of HPE right now? I mean, uh, obviously, customers and partners are very important to us in innovation uh, as well, but I will say probably the most important priority is the culture of the company. It's how we do things, how we create an environment for our employees to come and deliver the best possible experience to our customers and partners, how we allow them to fulfill their dreams. And uh, since I became the CEO, we have been working together with our executive team on a series of programs to continue to improve that culture. And I have to say, in the last uh, 16 months or so, we made huge progress. Let me give you a few examples of that. We, we actually increase our benefits through even including, including the raising of the 401k. Mm -hmm. We also extended some of the benefits around parental living, where now the father and the mother have up to six months to take care of the newborn or the adoption. We also have career reboot, where we actually take our workforce through a series of training so they can decide which path to go from here forward. And at the same time, you know, we are delivering experiences to them through our workplace services. And a couple of months ago, uh, we opened a new headquarters, which is state-of-the-art digital workplace, which I'm super, super proud of the work we have done. And you know, the way this manifests is through the passion, to the energy, to the vibe. And if you walk through this floor, you see a whole different perspective, and we are making a difference. But also, let's remind ourselves we have a clear purpose as a company, which mm -hmm. is to advance the way people live and work. And yesterday I opened my keynote talking about that and our employees speaking about what they do really matters, giving back to the communities. 
And so this is a work in progress. Uh, as always, there is way more work to do. But our employee engagement scores last year improved nine points and then tell us we are on the right path. Well, Antonio, I, I would love to talk a little bit more about this culture. You know, you mentioned the headquarters move. I mean, this is a company that really is one of the defining names of Silicon Valley. You invented the modern uh, technology yeah. business in a lot of ways. How much of a, uh, not pressure necessarily, but responsibility maybe, do you feel, especially at this time when there are these big, almost existential questions about Silicon Valley, to really help set the tone and, and lead the way to, to maybe a better balance and, mm -hmm. and, a, and a better role for technology in society? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, for me, it's an incredible privilege and honor to lead a company that has Hewlett and Packard in the brand, uh, in our name and it's a, it's a very, very important responsibility. As a leader of the founder of the Silicon Valley, uh, we have an obligation to put technology to work to solve some of the biggest societal problems, whether it's to solve you know, war hunger. You know, we talk about our partnership with Purdue and what they do through the leverage of our technologies to improve the quality of food and the quantity of food, whether it's to advance you know, cures, like for example, with Alzheimer's disease. So we think about this in the context of how technology can advance exactly what our purpose says, the way people live and work. And to give back to the communities, we are present in 172 countries and our brand has an incredible pull. And I will argue has an incredible pull more outside the United States than inside the United States. When I travel around the globe, it's amazing to me what we are doing and the impact that we have. And so as, as a leader, we have this obligation because in the end, it's all about leadership and doing what is good for the world, including do it sustainably. And so one of the key principles here is how we improve the, 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 the environment and do it sustainably. In fact, we made an announcement here to our channel partners that if they are able to recycle all the equipment, we are actually paying more, mm. paying more uh, in terms of uh, you know um, dollars that, that, that they get when they sell our products. So this is, again, is a leadership question and is uh, something that we have to do and, uh, and show our commitment. Antonio, you talk about leadership and I do think about leadership globally right now. Uh, you know, we've got these trade wars underway, uh, President Trump and Chinese President Xi, and we'll see what comes out of the G20. Uh, but you also have uh, the White House pushing against other trade partners, whether it's Mexico, you guys do manufacturing there. How do you view the trade wars that are underway and how they might impact you? I mean, you're in 172 countries, you just said. So how do you view this? How is it changing? changing how you run HPE right now? Well, uh, obviously, the situation we're in creates uncertainty, and when there is uncertainty, the market is not good. You know, customers uh, tend to step back a little bit, rethink their strategy, rethink their spending, and, uh, and assess what is the best return for that dollar. Uh, the reality is we got to solve this problem together, and uh, I understand how we are thinking about this, but I think we need to work together to solve this problem. And obviously there needs to be a fair approach to this trade. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, we live in a global economy and the supply chains we have put in place over the last few decades are very, very sophisticated and complicated. We as a company have a very large and um, global presence. Right. And so we have been able to navigate through these challenges and we have been able to mitigate all of them, but ultimately, we got to remove this uncertainty so we can accelerate the growth. And I believe the data that we, we can generate every day has tremendous value and that data will not stop anytime soon. So 
as soon as we're able to solve this problem, I think there will be a moment where we actually can see some incredible progress, but we got to work together to solve this problem. And Tony, if I may just follow though, have you guys shifted in terms of supply chains? We heard uh, a story from Apple this week. They've you know, started to think about moving more of their production out of China. I mean, this is something they're thinking about long-term. Have you guys shifted anything or are you having serious conversations within HPE about rethinking your exposure to a country like China right now? Well, we continue to assess what is best for us. Uh, you know, the production in China is done by our partners, not by us. And none of those products make straight to the United States. Mm -hmm. As you said, we have production in Mexico, and, uh, and we feel good about that. And then we have production in Europe for the European market. The uh, production in China is uh, actually to serve the Asian markets. So we think we have found the right balance, but we will continue to assess what is the best approach as we come through the next weeks and months. So, Antonio, just want to ask you as we wrap up just a few sort of rapid-fire questions about you, your leadership, and your recent uh, experience. Uh, tell us about a competitor that you admire and why. Well, I will say, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm a study of leadership and, uh, and transformation, and I will say a person that I really admire and, uh, and I'm close to is Sachin Adela. If you think about the transition, the transformation of Microsoft in the last three, four years, that's a case study, right? So going from the traditional PC-centric approach to a cloud-centric approach. And, uh, and, and also, he worked really hard in the culture of the company. So for me, that's, uh, that's, uh, that's a model, right? Yeah. And uh, I always tend to learn from other people. And I think, you know, Sach and the team have done a remarkable job. I'm also curious about an opportunity for HPE that you're really excited about. I know you talk about GreenLake, and this is an important uh, unit to the company, but I'm just curious what, what, what's out there that really kind of gets you excited right now? It's the, what we call the edge, uh, Carol. It's, I think that's a, a massive opportunity. If you size that opportunity, even in a most conservative way, that size of the market is four times bigger, at least, than the core of the market, call it the data center and the cloud. And when you think about what's happening there, everything is being connected. So we live in a hyper-connected world. Everything computes some sort of data, generates some sort of data. And that data has to be put to use. But also, as we go from billions of people and devices to trillions of things, mm -hmm. we also have to address some of the biggest challenges, like security. But we're going to live in a very automated, intelligent world. And as I said, we're going to move to what I call a very distributed cloud model. Yes, connected to some sort of big brain, whether it's in your private data center or in, in the public cloud. But that edge opportunity is, uh, is what I call the next big frontier for all of us to improve the way we live and work, but also we as a company to drive profitable growth for the years to come. So Antonio, we like to ask CEOs this question. You know, you have a long history with mm -hmm. this company, of course, a quarter century, uh, and then, you know, as you said, a little more than a year in the top job. But if you weren't doing this, if you weren't working in this business or at HPE, what would you be doing? Well, I will be going back to my, uh, my origins, which is uh, to be a professor in arts. So, you know, I, uh, I love uh, drawing and painting. You know, if, if I will start over my career, because of how my brain works, I will probably be an architect. Wow. You know, use the science on the math side, on the engineering side, with the artistic side of the arts. And I think that combination is uh, to be an architect. And I love design, you know. One of the things uh, I keep saying is that uh, 
Uh, together with my team, we work on these headquarters. But if you come to the headquarters, you will see a lot of touches that I put personally because huh. I was able to help to design some of the interior. So to me, it's something I have a lot of fun. Well, that is fascinating. So we've got to just ask you one follow-up. What's the best advice a mentor gave to you, especially knowing how you said you were interested in architecture, and here you are, you've been at HPE for, as Jason said, a quarter of a century. So what's the best advice you got from a mentor? Well, listen, first of all, you have to have a clear vision for yourself, what you want to be, and establish clear milestones. Second, you have to deliver what you say. And, um, and, uh, and when you do that, things will come to you. You know, my career at HP was marked by always getting ahead of the game in delivering what I said I will do, uh, build my network uh, of people who will take interest in you, learn on hands-on experience, and then, like I said, you know, the sense of curiosity, ambition, taking risk is important. You know, sometimes you have to move sideways to move upwards. And to me, it was, uh, was a defining moment when I decided in the early 2000s to move from the printing business, which obviously a very successful franchise, to the PC business after yeah. the compact merger. And we had a lot of work to do. And to me, proved it to be very successful. And that gave me a platform to, to springboard from there. But ultimately, let's not forget about the fact that we are here in transition. And my role as a CEO is to develop the leadership of the future. So for me, one of the things I do with my team is to scout for talent and to develop that talent to become the next leadership for the company. That was lovely, what a pleasure. Antonio, thank you so much for all this time and good luck with the rest of the event. We really appreciate it. Well, thank you, Karen. Thank you, Jason, for having me this morning. Thanks for listening to Bloomberg Business Week. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Bloomberg.com. You can also listen to our radio show every weekday at 2 p.m. Eastern, only on Bloomberg Radio.